0: Our spring tea, also noted, we have no tea here. That was a big debate. We were like, does anyone actually drink tea? Some people do. I don't. And so I forgot about tea until this morning. Um, But that's okay. We could still call it a tea because that sounds very classy and fun, and it lets me wear this dress that I wanted to wear. So um, anyway, what we like to do at Spring Tea is just share some stories of the ladies that are among us. And it's such a pleasure to hear um, just from just from you guys. And so this morning, we have Gabrielle Horrocks, and she's been in Bloomington going on three years, and she's got two little ones, uh, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. She works full-time from home, and she also moms full-time from home. So she's an all-star. So I'm really looking forward to hearing a little bit of her story today. Let's welcome Gabrielle. I don't think I've talked into a microphone before
1: here to go hi yes i'm gabrielle and i am a mom and this past saturday i found myself outside of the target bathroom in the mall the family one that's big it's got lots of room i was there with my three-year-old and my one-year-old and my three-year-old had said right outside of build-a-bear mommy i have to go potty and so, what she actually meant by that was, I pooped in my pants, and uh, I did not realize that until I had already, like, scooped her up, because right, we were at Build-A-Bear, and the the ba- closest bathroom is fire, and so I'm like, scoop up, and I was like, oh, it was like weird, like, I don't know why, but like weird diarrhea grossness, and I was, so I was like, <laughs> right, I'm okay, I've got this, I was like, actually prepared I had my backpack I was like I even have a shirt for me to change into so we're like go 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 and of course we make it to the bathroom and there's a line so we're like wait 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 so finally the person comes out who is not a mom it just was like one person but I'm like don't judge you're fine she comes out and I go inside and I you know like I'm like one-year-old kind of stay here don't touch anything and I'm like, it's okay, sweet pea, we'll we'll take we'll change you, we'll get you all wiped down, like no big deal or whatever, trying to be like cool mom. And she looks at me, <laughs> like every three-year-old does, and is like, No, mommy, I don't wanna change. I wanna stay like this. I don't wanna get cleaned up, I don't wanna wipe my hands, I don't wanna wash off anything. And so she then lays down on the gross Target bathroom, kicking and screaming, like, no, I want to stay like this. And, you know, like, I'm definitely, like, a pick-your-battles kind of person, but she was literally covered in poop, right? So you're like, well, we can't stay this way. So I have to forcibly take off her clothes, wipe her down, change her, keep the one-year-old from, like, at least not putting his head in the toilet or whatever. (laughs) So... People in the line, like, are waiting, probably thinking, what on earth is going on? So finally I get her up. I'm like, okay, sweetie, we got to go because people are waiting. And she's like, I'm staying here. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me, right? So she lays back down the floor, and she's, like, kicking and screaming. And I'm like, okay, well, we have to go. People are waiting. So, right, I scoop her up horizontally, and I'm, like, walking out with her kicking and screaming. And I'm like have the one-year-old in my other hand and the backpack right and we're just like a mess probably someone was there (laughs) at the place and you saw me so if you were like what is that it was me do you think that at the end of that huge fiasco when my daughter was at her worst that I still loved her of course we do right I still loved her unconditionally no matter what she does because she is my daughter Somewhere along my journey in my life, I like built up this expectation that if I could just be a mom, then finally my life would have like meaning and worth and value and purpose that when I would become a mom, it would like complete me and define me, and so that was like a big goal becoming a mom, and I did become a mom that 's why they let me come to mom to mom. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm learning is that instead of finding my purpose and my worth and my value necessarily in motherhood, motherhood is teaching me to see God's love and value and worth and purpose for me. I love my children because they are my children. I don't love them because of what they've done, what they could do, what they might do. I just love them because they're my children. And God loves me because I am his kid. He doesn't care what I did, what I will do, what I might do. He just loves me unconditionally the way that I am. My life has purpose and meaning and value and worth in God's love and not in anything that I do or a role or a title that I have. On my children's worst days, when they are covered in poop And kicking and screaming in public, I love them unconditionally more than they ever know. And the same holds true for me. On my worst days, when I am very possibly also covered in poop, kicking and screaming in public, God still loves me unconditionally no matter what I do. And I am learning as a mom to find my value and my worth and my purpose in God's love and not in anything that I do. So that's what I want (laughs) to share. Thank
0: you. Well, thank you for that. I think we can all relate and I think we've all like specifically been there. Like in the Target bathroom with poop all over us. It's strange how similar all of our stories are. Okay, next up we have Haley Sin. It is Sin, right? Okay, I was. It was like I was saying that in my head, and I was like, not S I N S I N N. I know. I didn't know if you were one of those people who was like, oh no, it's like sign, and I'm like, oh, I've been saying it wrong in my head. You know how you see people's names on. Facebook or whatever, and you just assume you know it. Anyway, that's a beautiful introduction, right? (laughs) This is Haley Sin. She is also a mama to two, and she is a townie. She is from Bloomington, you guys, a bona fide townie. And she loves to see the beauty in every day, especially through photography. So let's welcome Haley. Do I want to use the mic or do I
2: not? I don't know. Use this guy too. Well, good morning. How is everyone this morning? Good, yeah. So, I actually went to bed last night and I was not feeling super well. Um, Allergies are getting to me. I started to get some head congestion, some like tightness in my throat. Is anyone else kind of feeling that this morning? Yes. So, what day was it that we had snow? Like, Saturday? Okay, so. It was like sunny earlier that day, I believe, like 60 degrees. And then later that night, I look out and I see snow. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I ask Alexa, I'm like, Alexa, what is the weather outside? Because I swear I was just outside and it was 60 degrees. And she's like, it is 40 degrees outside. And I'm like, Lord, if it is snowing and it is 40 degrees, I am out of here. I am so done with Indiana. So I just thought that was so funny because throughout this week, we've literally had like every type of weather that you could possibly imagine. Like it snowed, it was sunny, and then now we've got this beautiful rain because it, of course, is springtime. So I came across this article not that long ago um, by Thrillist, which is probably fake news, but I liked it because it was funny. Um, And they had ranked Indiana number 16 for the top, Worst states in the United States for winters. And they said, um, Have you ever found yourself in a frozen tundra in the middle of a fully harvested cornfield and have thought to yourself, I'm in the apocalypse? Okay, you're not, you're in Indiana. And like that is just 100% how I feel. So I think that we're all probably in the same boat and just feeling like such an appreciation that. Winter is finally ending and we're stepping into spring. We don't have to put our kids in 75 layers anymore in order to go outside and have some ice cream or go on a walk or go to the park or whatever. Um, so I just anticipate this season all year long. And Beth, actually, about a month ago, when I um, was getting ready to leave Mom to Mom, she like caught me at the end of a hallway and she was like, Hey, Haley, I need to ask you something. And I was like, oh, great. Like, oh, you know, we're just going to get our kids together again. It's going to be great. And I walk up to her, and she's like, hey, do you mind to speak at uh, spring tea next month? And I was like, no, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to get up and stand in front of a bunch of moms and, you know, reveal the inner parts of myself. But, you know, I just really started to feel the Holy Spirit begin to pull at my heart. And as I was walking downstairs to get my daughter, um, I just really felt like God gave me the answer. Um, I think I told Beth, like, I really don't want to, but I will. And uh, I just felt like the Lord kind of was like, this is what you need to tell moms this morning. Um, I'm going to cry a lot, so I apologize. (laughs) Um, Never in a million years could I have scripted what I have been so blessed and so undeserved to receive um, in my life. You know, I look around. I have a wonderful husband. I have two beautiful daughters. um, And my husband actually brought me to know who Jesus Christ is. If you had seen a picture of my childhood, you would have thought that I would have ended up in a very different place. And by the grace of God, I stand here today in front of all of you. Um, I was raised by my mom, and uh, she spent the better part of my life as an alcoholic. And, you know, I did have some really good memories with her as a child and growing up, but I also had many experiences that I really just wanted to suppress and forget. Um, My mom and my dad were met, married, and divorced before I was even born, within about a year. And um, so he was really out of the picture throughout my life. He had remarried, like, five different times, um, and he himself struggled with um, pill and cocaine addiction. And I know they loved me and they cared for me, um, but they just couldn't overcome their addictions. And it always seemed to kind of stand between our um, relationship with each other and what it really could have been. Um, and while I'd love to stand here and say that I was able to rise above their mistakes, I, I didn't. Um as a high schooler I fell into the trap of partying and drinking and smoking and having relationships with boys that were um inappropriate in order to feel whole. Um I stopped going to school, I was put on probation. Um I was stealing in order to get clothes and food. I was just a mess. Um and you know the momentary satisfaction of doing all of these things was fine, but you know in the end um, it left me just feeling totally empty. I spent a lot of nights just crying and feeling super alone. Um, the reality of like how unhealthy the situation was with my mom kind of came to a head when I was a senior in high school here. Um, at at Bloomington High School South, Um, I had decided that I was exhausted. I didn't want to go to any of the parties that I was invited to, and I wanted to spend the evening with my mom just kind of reconnecting to her. And I had called her, and we had, um, you know, made the decision to get together and to watch the movies. And so I I came home um, while all of my friends were out, and I waited for her. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited for hours. Um, And when she finally came through the door, she could barely stand up, and she just raked of alcohol. And I just exploded. I just lost it. And I began screaming at her, and I was frustrated, and I felt like, you know, I'm trying, but you're not pouring anything into me. And uh, we we fought. We started fighting to the point where I had to call the police um, at a certain point um, to have them come get me. So it was, it's advised by the police uh, the very next day, I stayed with a friend that night, that I, I get a change of scenery. And so I ended up moving to uh, Carmel, Indiana to live with my dad to finish out the last six months of my senior year. Um, my dad came to get me the very next day, and I was gone. It was just a really wild time. Uh, Though the situation with my dad wasn't any better, I began to somehow just draw closer to the Lord. I I really didn't have a relationship with him at that time, but I was so alone in Carmel. Um, I I didn't have anyone to talk to other than to God. You know, I didn't know who he was, but I knew that he was... He was the only one that I could really confide in. Um, I barely knew my dad. I had no friends. I was in a city that I was unfamiliar with. And really what I needed to do at that time was to just focus on myself and to just try to graduate high school. Because the situation was not looking good. Um, You know, there were a lot of days when I would literally just go to school. um, And then I would come home and I would sit in my room. And I would pray, and I would listen to worship music, and I would read my Bible, and I would just talk to the Lord um, because he was all that I had. You know, I didn't know him, but this, is, this was how I felt, not alone. Um, on the other side of the wall, as I was in my bedroom, my dad was continuing to deal with his cocaine addiction. Um, I was very aware of that. Um, but even so, God continue, you know, still continued to carry me through, and I just prayed over and over to him, and just kind of poured my heart into him, and I trusted that he would get me through. Um, During my time in Carmel, there was one person that actually did stay in communication with me, and not even my mom um, really tried to talk to me during this time, but this was Wes. And um, I really just wanted to stop You know, the relationships that I had built in Bloomington and to just recenter and focus on myself and focus on getting better. Um, And Wes wouldn't allow me to do that. So he would email me every single day. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. Um, and during my passing periods, I would race, because you know, kids didn't have laptops at that time. So I would race to the library, and I would log in to my Yahoo account really quickly to see if Wes had emailed me. I would write him back. And this went on um, as the last six months of my senior year kind of carried through. And daily, he would just send me um, encouragement, and he would give me hope for the future. He would pray for me, and I just, I felt so undeserving of this friendship, um, and he just loved me through it, and um, he's really good. I love him. So God did carry me through that time, Um, and again, I think it was because I was so isolated and I was so alone that I really just sought him and yearned for him. I graduated on time, miraculously, um, after spending like ten hours a day at school, literally. And um, I decided that I wanted to move back to Bloomington. My, you know, my relationship with my dad wasn't wasn't great, and um, I I knew that I could come back to Bloomington and start fresh. But really, I wanted to come back to be with Wes. Uh, one of the first days that I was back in town, he introduced me to his family as his girlfriend. And um, they immediately took me in, and they made me their own. I was a part of their family. There was never a second that I didn't feel like I didn't belong to them. And they loved me like I was theirs uh, from the minute that I arrived. Uh, I I began to spend a lot of time with Wes's mom, too, and I just admired everything there was to admire about her. Um, she's the kind of person that when you go shopping, she's always looking for someone else. Uh, when you sit down for a meal, she's the one that's still standing at the counter waiting for everyone else to take a bite. Um, she's the kind of person that when someone is talking, she sits silent and she listens intentionally to make sure that every word they're saying is being heard. She's the kind of woman that will scratch your back at church on a Sunday morning and then still wants to hold your hand to walk with you across the street. She's just the best in every way. Um, The decision to truly follow Christ, though, and I think this is where I just, I really took God in, Um, came soon after I moved back to Bloomington. It wasn't long before old faces started turning up, um, and the temptation to return to who I once was was getting really difficult to resist. Uh, Wes and I had started to get into a really bad place in our relationship, and I was just honestly fearful for the future. Um... I really wanted to try to figure out who I was, and I had a friend who invited me to go on a retreat. And I was just like, yes, you know, I, I, I need something. I need to reset. So I was invited to spend a weekend at a retreat in southern Indiana, and during that time there, I shut myself off to everything. The cool thing about this experience was that you're not allowed access to technology, there are no clocks, and there are very few familiar faces that you know and so here I was again I was alone and it was me and it was God only this time I was praying for strength and I just kept repeating to myself over and over and over again Lord I want your will to be done in my life I want to serve you and I meant that I began to feel really convicted because I knew that I came back to Bloomington to be with Wes and not because this is where God had called me And so I made up my mind that weekend. I said, God, if I'm not meant to be with Wes, that is okay. I'm fine with that. I just want to serve you. I just want to be obedient to you because I know that I owe you my life. And there's this one part of the weekend that is the most magical thing that I have ever experienced in my life. And I want to try to walk you guys through that really quickly. So we're going to do a little activity. I want you guys to just close your eyes for a minute, okay? Everyone close your eyes. All right, imagine yourself walking down a path, and it's a warm night in Indiana. While you're walking by yourself along this path, you look up at the sky, and you can see the brilliance and the details of all of the stars. There's a cool breeze, and as you continue walking down this path, you can hear beautiful hymns echoing down. As you approach the music and the sounds, it begins to come, become more and more clear, and you start to become greeted by people and they're smiling at you, they're singing to you, they're praying for you. You continue to look down the path, and there are more people than the eye can see who are all doing the same thing, and they're there for you. As your walk slows, you see a couple of familiar faces, and you feel some arms stretch out to take a hold of you and to hug you. And at that moment, you know that you're right where you need to be. Go ahead and open your eyes. So this happened to me, and you want to know who I saw hugging me in that moment? Wes's parents and Wes. Ladies, I talked to God, and he showed up. It was like, God always feels so intangible, but when you really seek him, he shows up. And he answered my prayers I said, God, I want your will to be done in my life. I want to serve you. If I don't need to be with Wes, if this is not who I'm supposed to be with, then that's fine. But he gave them to me. And so it goes without saying that Wes and I actually ended up getting married a couple of years later. And while I'm so grateful that God has given me this family to model what it is to really show unconditional love to the people that belong to it, I knew that my work wasn't done. Those nights at the retreat that I prayed for his will to be done in my life, um, and I promised to be his servant, that was exactly what I intended to do. I wanted to serve him. And now that I had been shown by God that he was capable of answering prayers and that he was capable of transforming lives and that he was alive and he was well, that it was my turn now to show that to my family and to the people that I loved. Um, When the Lord blessed Wes and I with children, my journey of showing my parents who Christ was, I felt like had really begun. While I'd made peace with my childhood and I'd forgiven my parents in my heart, uh, when I became a mom, all of those um, lies about myself and about my experiences and my childhood really start to just come flooding back to me. And I can remember just feeling like, God, I am so unworthy of being a mom. I'm not equipped to be a mom. God says in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And in Ephesians 2.1, he says, For we, as we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So if the God of the universe that knitted all of my inner parts in the womb, that knows the number of hairs on my head, right? before He was the creator before I was even a thought in my parents' mind. He had already equipped me to be everything that I was meant to be, a mom and a good one at that. God began to take away the fear that I was incapable of raising my children to walk with him because my childhood was filled with so much brokenness. And he began to remind me of the times when he was already there with me, even though I didn't know it. My mom and my dad took me to church a handful of times, um, but it was enough to give me hope that a God existed. And he was bigger than me there were nights that I can remember as a little girl, and I think that some of you probably can relate to this, where you just lay in bed and you're just like talking to the Lord. You're like, oh, you know, what am I going to do tomorrow? My mom isn't feeling well. Can you make her better? Like, I'd really like to go to the park tomorrow. You know, I would do this all the time for hours in my bed. And it was like God was already preparing me to do the good works, even though I didn't know it. Um, I'm thankful that they were able to expose me to that tiny amount of Jesus because it was enough to give me hope that he was real. And I'm not here um, to blame my parents or to paint pictures that they're bad people because they're not, but they are broken. And we all are, and I know that I certainly still am. Um, But for those of us that know Jesus Christ, we know that there can be a freedom in the things that can hold us captive. That's why I feel such a responsibility to show them who he is now. I can't force them to love Jesus, but I can let them into my life and I can love them. And that's all that God asks me to do. I can't release them from their struggles, but I can show them what it means to live in the fullness of life with Jesus Christ. Um, Just recently, my mom came over to spend some time with my girls. And her and I still have a very difficult relationship because she does does still struggle with um, alcohol addiction And so I try to keep boundaries with her. Um, But again, God's calling me to good work, so I have to let her in. And so she'll come over periodically. Um, And there was this one day that I picked up my phone, and I was scrolling through my camera roll, and I came across this picture, and I obviously didn't take it because it was of me. And I was sitting in a rocking chair with my daughter, Audra, and I was just smiling at her. I'm rocking her, and then my daughter, Cora, is in the chair right next to us. And she's just looking at the camera, and she's just beaming. And it was a simple moment, and the expression in the picture is of me just absolutely, like, adoring them to pieces. And when I looked at that, I just wept. And it was like God was saying, don't worry, I'm working on her. When she sees you, just make sure she sees me you know, despite how much trouble I might have been, um, I know that I'm on the right track when my parents repeat over and over how proud they are of me. And then I remembered that I got these letters when I was on that retreat. Um, And this one's from my mom. It says, Haley, I'm very proud of you. You have become a beautiful young woman. Continue to walk with the Lord and he will open many doors for you. I love you. Um, I accepted Jesus Christ almost 10 years ago on that retreat, and my life really has never been the same. I now see everything with just a different perspective. The tiniest little moments are somehow just the most magnificent, and I think that you as mothers can all relate to this. Um, when your baby experiences ice cream for the first time or when your toddler bends down to smell every single flower that's different and is new to them or whenever you're able to snuggle up with you know, your kids on a picnic blanket on a sunny day, you just can't help but feel gratitude because God has instilled that in us to know that he is the creator of everything that is good. Um, You know, and I'll admit that even though that I have accepted Jesus Christ into my life, that my walk has still continued to not be easy. And, um, you know, following Jesus isn't always easy because he is always, always, always calling us to good works. Always. Um, Someone in your life or you yourself might be going through a, a difficult time right now or a dark time right now, but God is always waiting there to extend light into your life all you have to do is take his hand and trust that he's going to carry you through. Believe it with all your heart, and I promise you that he is there. Just like when winter passes and when spring comes, and we all love that, right? With that, a newness of life comes, and I can assure you that you can have that too. Most importantly, just remember that you don't have to be anything other than what God has already created you to be. That all you have to do is to be a friend, a sister, a daughter, or a mother to the people um, that you love, and God will do the rest of the work. Okay? You're made new in Him. So in First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, it says that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never never fails. Um, I think in a minute a song is going to play. And during this time, um, I want you to just, you can close your eyes, you can keep your eyes open, um, but just really ask the Lord to kind of come into your heart and to let these words sort of penetrate your heart, listen to them, um, and just listen to the Holy Spirit. Thank you.
3: God of creation. me. just go
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Haley. That was beautiful. Loved hearing your story. Um, if you have any questions about what these ladies talked about today or really what we're about here at Sherwood Oaks or what it means to be a follower of a Christ, I would love to have a conversation with you. So would your table leader. So would your mentor mom. Really any of us here on the leadership team. Um, What we're really about is following Christ, and being a good mom is part of that, Uh, but our identity is really in Christ. So thank you so much for a wonderful year. We love seeing your faces every Friday. We're looking forward to seeing you again in the fall. Uh, You now have about 10 minutes before it's time to get your kids, so enjoy the beautiful surroundings and uh, your conversation. We'll see you in September.